All right, great morning. Sorry, everybody, for that initial uh, issue there. <clears throat> I, you got to love uh, technology. So that was that was definitely my fault, especially when when you hit mute on yourself, right? It's it's when when you when you're the speaker, it's probably not the best to mute yourself, even though that might be best for the call. But I was muted. So again, happy Monday. It's time to celebrate. It's time for a Monday mentorship call. Thank you so uh, so much for coming back in. Uh, we got a few announcements. One is that this is our last month. Amazing. We have we started this uh, project in August. May will be our final month of mentorship calls. So we will have, um, let's see, there's, there's, there's uh, five Mondays in May. So we have five calls left, except the last Monday is going to be Memorial Day. So we will definitely, uh, you know, take a look at that. We'll probably send out a Memorial Day recording. Uh, so it gives us four Mondays, four Thursdays. And we still have a few more webinars to be uh, released. Um, we've got three on the governance side. One will be coming out this afternoon, and two more on Lisa's legal series. So still lots and lots of content for the rest of the year, and we're just so excited that, that you have invested um, in this long, long journey of uh, 10 months uh, as part of these calls. Remember, because the purpose of this call is, uh, you know, this is a, a, a phone conversation of leaders, by leaders, and for leaders. So the whole goal is that we're hopefully adding value to you, something you can take back to your leadership team or just something for you to think about and get that one golden nugget that will make the difference in you and your leadership development and in your organization. So we got one more announcement uh, that should, should be coming out in the next week uh, for you will be our Live to Lead will be October 7, 2016, will be held in Raleigh this year. So we reserved. Uh, Rollywood, it's a beautiful theater um, opportunity. If you came to Live the Lead last year as one of our one of our partnerships, we hope that you will be able to join us again. Extremely excited. I know one of the uh, speakers is uh, the author of Start with Why, uh, Simon Sinek, and then we also have um, Liz Wiseman, who is the author of Multipliers, along with John Maxwell. And we will, there will be a few other special guests. So hopefully you can join us on October 7th. Uh, Jeff will be sending out information in the next week. So let's get moving forward to uh, today's call. And, and, and like I always say, you're learning what I'm learning. You're learning what I'm failing at. <laughs> you're learning what, I, what I'm experiencing. And so I was doing some research in a recent poll conducted 71% of all employees are not engaged in your organization on average. They're not fully engaged, right? They're not buying into what to what you are trying to achieve. 71%. And I thought about that in, in the organizations that I've been fortunate enough, you know, to lead. Um, I think that number is pretty accurate, right? Especially if you look at the, the 2080 principle. Or the 80/20, whichever way you want to look at it, um, that you know, 80% of your productivity will come from 20% of your employees. And there's over 11 billion dollars lost each year in organizations due to turnover. 11 billion dollars. Think about all the time and how exhausting it is when you're dealing with turnover. I remember when I was when I was a principal, we had a turnover rate that honestly was over 100% because we had multiple people in the same job in the same year. It was exhausting. It was, it was, 
it overwhelmed the culture, it overwhelmed the staff, it overwhelmed the students. It was not good for anybody. So it's really interesting because a lot of charter school leaders, uh, you know, that I meet are always waiting for the state or the government to make changes so you can change the culture of your organization. If you're waiting for, for some outside entity to help you change the culture of your organization, you're just dreaming. Right? This is your key responsibility. It's your key result area to ensure that the culture is inducive to learning. Right? It's productive, it's safe, it's nurturing, focus on student achievement, has core values that everybody follows. So I just finished this book uh, by Dr. Les Stein called Education Disrupted and it's uh, strategies for uh, saving failing schools. And Dr. Stein is a uh, former charter school principal. He was in Durham with Maureen Joy Charter. He's been a principal of a few other charter schools and now, in, now he works as a, as a professor and as a uh, consultant for schools. So, so he, so this book really gave me some hands-on, a good hands-on approach with helping with reform. You know, there was great, great lessons and step-by-steps and, and surveys and things that I could use to make me better understand. And, and you know, he mentioned everything that we always read about: uh, re realistic missions and visions, leaders who accept full responsibility, um, recruiting talented educators whose top priorities are the students sense of urgency that maximizes the value of every minute, the use of data for making strategic decisions, an effective communication network, zero tolerance for employees with a personal agenda, commitment to apply all capital resources effectively and efficiently to accomplish the school's mission. Right? The same thing we read everywhere. And I and I, I, I still remember a phone conversation that I had with a very, very um, strong charter school leader in our state, and we were we were talking about how there could be so many failing schools because there's so much great literature out there regarding how to not have a failing school, right? I mean, we were just like it just seems so easy. There's there's so many books, there's so much content that tells you exactly what to do and how to do it. Well, you know, part of our role right now in our organization is is helping some schools um, move, move, you know, move towards a, you know, a better outcome. And I, you know, realized I said, oh, there's a gap between what I know, all those things I just listed, and what I'm able to do. And my gap is large. And I, and I feel as though I'm a, I'm a fairly strong school leader. But I. But, you know, being in it full circle on a daily basis reminds me of how, of how difficult it is. And I'm eating up any information that I can get to help close my gap. I mean, anything I can find on reform and, and building relationships and, and, you know, dealing with people and making strategic decisions and building those communication networks and anything I can get my hands on, I'm eating up right now. So yesterday I was listening to a podcast um, that was uh, focused on getting your team to think like the owners of the organization. Because as I said in the title, um, if your fruit is rotten, you got to check the foundation, right? 
and 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 you know schools that are struggling have have uh, rotten fruit. That's what they're that's what they're producing. So I wanted just to talk about the five you know the five steps that I learned in this podcast yesterday, and how we can relate them to what we do on a daily basis. So step number one is to fix the foundation. Right? You have to see your culture as a big, steady oak tree. I remember last year working with a school that um, changed its school leader uh, fairly late in the year, and I and I remember telling telling the board, "You need to find yourself an oak tree. You know, someone that's stable, someone that the parents can rely on, someone who's able to answer the questions, right? Someone who's able to take on the shrapnel." So when I'm talking about what's the parts of these oak tree, this is you know this is your culture, your values, and and your mission. Okay. So again, if there's a problem with the fruit, you got to fix the roots, right? Because the problems begin with your foundation. So let's talk talk about each of these parts of your oak tree. The values. The values are what's most important to you, right? So our core values in our organization, leaders building leaders, are commitment collaboration and intentionality. Because we know we have to be 100% committed to our partnerships. We need to collaborate with them in order for them to achieve their mission. And everything we do is intentional. Right? Every step we take, every every move we every move you make, isn't that a song I believe? <laughs> There's there's a big difference between good intentions and intentional action, right? And, and intentional living, and 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 schools who want to move, who want to fix their fruit, need to act intentionally. So the mission, the mission talks about what you do and why you exist. It should be short and memorable, and specifically, it's got to be clear. So ours is to be the difference maker in the leadership development of individuals and organizations right? through intentional, committed, and collaborative action. The operating principles are critical to your foundation. So, so this is how we do our work, right? The things that guide your decision making, it shapes the collective behaviors of the team. These are not necessarily systems, it's, it's the collective uh, you know, behaviors. It goes back to those core values, okay? So when you're green, you're growing, and when you're ripe, you're rotten. So again, check your roots. Check your roots of your operating principles, P-L-E-S, right? Not principal, P-L-E-S. What, what are your operating principles? What's most important to you? So your action step for for step one is 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 to take a look to see at your foundation, okay? And by far, this is going to be the hardest of all the five action steps is is to fix the foundation, right? So take a look. What are your organization's core core values? Is your mission clear? Does everybody buy into your mission? Does everybody buy into the values? If not, you got to get them off the bus, okay? Make some bus stops. 
most importantly, surround yourself with other individuals who can help you fix the foundation. This is really important to your operating principles because you as a principal are only one person. I watched this great documentary over the weekend called Undefeated, and it's on Netflix, and it's about a high school football team from Manassas, Tennessee in 2009, and this program hadn't won a game for decades. It had never won a playoff game in over 100 years of existence. It had very little money to to you know get you know any equipment or anything to the kids. They actually told the story about how how the only way the team could 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 get money into the um, the program was to to travel halfway across the state to go play some at some of the bigger schools, and just like in college football, the school would give them back money. Right. So he so the like the coach described that we would go up, we'd get our butts kicked. They'd hand us a check and we'd drive, you know, drive back and recoup, right? We, we would do that for the first five, five weeks of the season so we could fund the entire season. He said, but by then, by the time we got into our own district, we were so beat up and didn't think we were worth a snip that we just wouldn't win a game. He continued to talk about the core values of what he was trying to put. I mean, this is deep inner city. A lot of the players just were, you know, coming out of juvenile correction um, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, offices. He he starts it off by saying, you know, one of the players got uh, was in jail for shooting another kid in the eye with a BB gun. One of the players was shot, and he's like, he's like, for one coach, that might be like a career worth of adversity. For me, that was two weeks. But he continued to talk to his players about character, right? Character and teamwork and being there for your team. It's a great, it's a great inspirational story, but it really made made me think about these operating principles and mission, and values, and what he was doing to change the foundation. Right, he was changing it from the core. Everybody had a chance. He he let everybody on the team, and even if you broke rules, you were still on the team. You were just on bench. Right, you earned your way back. Character is so critical. Right? It's what you do when no one's looking. You move from me to we. So that's that whole step one. Really, really difficult and challenging. So to get there, step two is you got to fix your hiring process. I love this quote that I heard during the podcast: "Is if you hire hard, you can lead easy." Right? If you do all your work on the front end, on the back end, you're going to get rewarded. Right, John Maxwell says, um, if you fail to prepare, you'll spend your time repairing. And I remember, as a principal, I spent a lot of time repairing. So this is where your principals need to be most at work. Okay, you're going to solve a lot of your team problems if you hire good folks on the front end. So this is so. So the podcast was through on trade leadership. So this is this is a lot of Dave. This is a combination of Dave Ramsey's hiring, uh, you know, process from from their organization Lampo um, out there in, in Nashville, Tennessee. But he said number one is to is to get referrals from people. And I know that he offers he offers straight cash to anybody who's able to recruit someone who comes into the organization 
and is able to withstand the 90 days, you know, the initial 90-day probation period. He offers him $250 cash, and he pays him in front of the whole, the whole staff, right, because it's about getting referrals and bringing in the people that have the shared principles that he does. Number two, he's, he said only use resumes for, for, you know, basically reference checks, right? Resumes are for information and reference checks. Anybody can write a sparkling resume. They also use a tool, like a diagnostic, so DISC, right, to, 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 to identify the personalities, identify how they tick, how they work as a team. So using some sort of tool is always great. But having a better understanding of how this person is going to operate in your organization. Right? When we talk about the DISC, we talk about everybody's wired differently, but yet we all have four personality styles. Dominant, inspiring, supportive, and cautious. He also asked them, which is interesting to me, what is their mission, which makes sense, but what is their current financial situation? He said, the last thing you want is to have an employee that's in a bad financial situation because all they'll be wanting to do is get raises and get more money, and their focus is not going to be on your work. It's about their personal troubles. Make sure you have clear key result areas and clearly communicate those during the process. He also does a family interview. I remember going through this when I was, when I was originally hired by a charter school. They asked to meet my wife, you know, and we sat with her because they wanted to make sure that this was the best decision for us. Spend multiple days on campus, okay? This is, this is a non-negotiable non for me. You've got to spend time at our school ahead of time with the teachers because I want the teachers' true impression because they're the ones who, who will be working with them on a daily basis. I'll definitely have a probation period, right, and make sure that you're hiring based upon core values, not just to fill a seat. So my action step for you is to evaluate your hiring process. What could be better? How often do you have people on campus? Who does your screening? What types of questions do you ask? Think about hires that went well compared to hires that didn't go well. What was the difference? What were the key words maybe during your reference checks that you heard that now you can relate to? I still remember multiple. Every time I lost a teacher or something went wrong, I went back to those reference check notes and kind of wrote down, did I write myself a note? Here's what to be aware of. Here's a key word that, that they said that, that I wasn't sure of. All right, so there's your first two, foundation and your hiring process. Fix number three, fix your communication. Everybody communicates, but few connect. Is your network of effective communication connecting with people in a sense of are you communicating through multiple means? Don't just send a memo. The only person who reads memos are the people who don't need to read them. They're already doing it. Don't communicate only through email. How often are you having stand-up meetings? Are your weekly staff meetings purposeful? Are you inspiring people to come back to work the next day, or are you just 
regurgitating information that you could have put in the memo. Remember what we learned about Patrick Lencioni's model about closing the feedback loop, right? Anytime you talk about something important in front of everybody, okay, you have your meetings, your meetings are focused on one or two big rocks, that's it. Someone's taking notes. You put the commitments up on the board at the end so everybody's clear exactly what they, you know, is happening. And then within 24 to 48 hours, you individually go back and close that loop. Close that communication loop with them. Make sure that there's, they had time to process this or anything they don't understand. Hit the big issues early and often. And manage those expectations. Again, going back to your values. What do you value and how does that impact how you communicate? I love this quote too that I heard yesterday. It says, to be unclear is to be unkind. Let people know how they are doing in your organization. And I am extremely guilty of this all the time. Okay, in the, the current charter school that we spend our most time in, we're not very good at letting people know where they are, where they stand in the organization. It's got to get better. It's unkind. Right? <clears throat> Um, what great principles do differently? The book by Todd uh, Whitaker really talks about how, you know, the principals will walk around a school with their teams or with their colleagues, and they'll just they'll watch a teacher, and they'll just say, "Gosh, how do they not know that their lesson's so boring? How do they not know that their kids are not engaged and they're not learning?" And he he said, "Guess what? They don't know. Otherwise, they would change it." Right? They would change it. Remember going back to the gap between what we know and what we do. It's your job. It's your job to communicate with them. It's your job to hold them as part of your team. You hired them. You equipped them. Treat them like adults. Have those family talks. If you make a mistake, don't make a mistake because you shared too little. Okay? biggest problem in communication is the illusion that's been accomplished. That's George Bernard Shaw. It's a great quote. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it's been accomplished. Okay, so my action for you is to make sure at minimum you're scheduling a weekly team meeting amongst your leadership team, okay? Handling big rocks, handling commitments. If you've already got one, then try a daily stand-up. If you don't have quarterly off-site scheduled, schedule quarterly off-sites. You can get a lot more done off-site. Make sure you're focused on the big rocks. Okay, revisit that whole uh, the book, The Advantage, that we had talked about earlier this year about organizational health. <clears throat> he gives a great plan there, Patrick Lencioni, about meetings. Fix number four, fix your attitude. I didn't say fix your team's attitude. I said fix your attitude. Coming together is the beginning. Keeping together is progress, but working together is success. Henry Ford. You want to treat all people like it's a long-term thing. I care about you. Look at yourself in the mirror, right, and, and, and make sure that you are you are meeting your own core values. People see or People do what people see. So you cannot preach core values 
and then do something the opposite that your people are seeing. If you want your teachers to care of your kids, then you need to take care of them. Right? Follow the golden rule. Every time you make a decision, make a decision based upon your best people and err on the side of grace. I love this, what I heard yesterday. They said, at the end of your life, you won't re regret giving other people acceptance and approval. Right? People are going to make mistakes. They're going to let you down. It's your job to, 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 to nurture them, hold them accountable, give them opportunities to redeem. So the secret is just being the kind of person that is worth following, right? So you want to be that leader. Be the leader that you want to follow. So here's one way you can do it, fixing attitude. Schedule 30 minutes a week sending thank you notes to your people. Just appreciate people, no matter who they are. Could have been a parent, could have been a staff member, could have been a student for helping out, could have been a vendor, anybody. Right. Spend 30 minutes a week at least just writing thank you notes. Express gratitude. And fix number five is to fix your leadership. Remember we talked about the law of the lid. Organizations are never limited by their opportunity. They're limited by their leader, Dave Ramsey. And we talked about the organization can only be successful as a, as a leader's ability to lead. Right? So the business, your school, your organization will never grow bigger than your ability is to lead it to growth. And your ability to build capacity through delegation and development and hiring and communication, all those pieces that Dr. Stein talked about. The organization can't grow until you show the ability to lead those key aspects, the mission and the vision, accepting full responsibility, recruiting talented teachers, ensuring there's a sense of urgency that every minute is used in the school, the use of data for making strategic decisions, building an effective communication network holding zero tolerance for employees with personal agendas and your commitment to focus capital resources on what's most important. Eisenhower said leadership is about getting someone else to do something because they want to, right? Because they want to do it. Not because you tell them to do it, because you because they want to do it. Right? Don't operate in the vacuum. Be a river, not a reservoir. Pour in the people. Fix your leadership ability. Don't hoard everything. Teach other people how to do it. So your action plan for step number five is to make a list of the top three things that you need to work on to fix your leadership. What is it? Is it communication? Is it following through? Is it having that crucial conversation? 
What is it? Spending your time more wisely at school? Right? You want to chop wood on one tree, not ten, otherwise you're never going to have any firewood. Right? And this is the springtime. Remember earlier in the year we did we did that talk about the four the four seasons of a charter school. This is the we're getting towards the end of the spring. We're getting towards the end of the spring. And if you haven't started preparing for next year, if you haven't started getting everything set, summertime's gonna come soon. And you're not going to have a very strong crops because you're going to be all by yourself trying to trying to protect that garden. It's critical for you to think about these five steps. I'm going to go through them real quick one more time. Number one, fix the foundation. See your culture as a big, steady oak tree. Step number two, fix your hiring process. Fix three is to fix your communication network. Number four is to fix your attitude. And five is to fix your ability to lead. That is my teaching for today, Monday, May 2nd, 2016. I hope I was able to add a little bit of information or a golden nugget to you. That was a great lesson that I got to hear on that podcast through Entree Leadership. Uh, yesterday, always, always looking to add value. If anything I said spurred a comment or you you, you want to share something about one of the five fixes or something you would add or take off, go ahead and hit star six to hop into the queue. And we'll open up the queue lines for you. Hey, bud, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing today? Uh, fantastic. Better than I deserve, as always. Now, yeah, you, now you, bud, you you have seen some schools in your years. So, so you know, what what has been the greatest learning for you in your time when you've when you've certainly walked in and had to turn around some situations, even if they're they're good schools, right? Moving good schools to great schools, is, right. it still has a lot of the the same fixes. So, what were what were some of your golden nuggets? Now, the summative of it all, it's still all about relationships, hmm. uh, with integrity, with uh, sincerity, and consistency <clears throat> to relate that when somebody asks a question or there is a need, that you take sustainable, acting, intentional, and get things done that people are concerned about. And if you're not able to take any action at that time, still get back to the persons or person and let them know what you try to do and where you are in this process of providing servant leadership your staff and your children. Yeah, I think it it comes down comes down to that to be willing to be humble and vulnerable and work hard uh, with your communication to find out the good, the bad, and the ugly of what's going on in your school. 
and take action on those things that need need improvements and thank your people just like you said that makes such a difference I wanted to share um, my mission statement that I had for my school uh, and, and it's based on the initials of the school CES so we have character development excellence pursued success achieved for all very simple relates back to the initials of the school um, that that kind of clear quick mission can be learned by everyone and put in your memory yeah, it, it makes a big difference when you have that at least initial outlines of your tree, right? It's um, there's there's so there's so many times that it feels as though organizations are just uh, we just need you know human body to fill here, comparing about being intentional about who who we want to recruit here, or even if the people that are already here, how are we nurturing them to meet those values? You know, yeah, that and clear expectations. And that um, hiring process, being hired at the beginning, that's one thing that I involved as many people in the school, had layers of interview processes and taking references and getting the right person with the right fit for the culture at the right time. And that'll make you or break you. You bring one person in that is good and that's going to permeate the environment and um, you bring somebody in who is not, and it can have far greater effect than the one person. It can permeate your your culture and really throw you off track. Yeah. So that that's extremely important. So how so how do you deal with that, Bud? What are what are some uh, uh, suggestions that you would have to to helping those those individuals get back on track? What do you think about the grace? You know the grace piece because that was really interesting when I heard that yesterday because I'm dealing with some situations now where I feel like I've shown them some grace. They they have a heck of an opportunity, but I want to make sure I communicate uh, that um, you know don't don't mistake my grace for weakness. Well, that that in having a positive relationship with somebody and having trust and then having to tell them honestly what you're seeing, showing them the data and say, I understand that you are really concerned about these children, but let's look at the data and see where they, where they are academically. And look, you've got over half of your students way below grade level. Mm -hmm. And I don't see enough action being taken to help those children as well as your class. And here's here's what I see. So the more you can be direct and factual about the reality that, yeah, you're a nice person, you're trying hard, you're a good teacher, but the results are not happening here. And that that... That means these children are at great risk of failure in school and in life, and that's it is a matter of life and death that we 
make a difference to these mm-hmm. children. So that that kind of kindness and clarity um, is what is what uh, you have to do as a professional. You can't just let it let it ride. You have to see change when children are not achieving and growing. Yeah. Like they should. Awesome. Thanks, bud. Jeff, you have anything to add? I think Jeff's got himself on mute. Um, awesome. I, well, I there. There, there he is. <laughs> you know, regarding regarding Grace, I, I really like what Bud just said, where you don't have to choose, you know. It doesn't have to be either or. Either I'm graceful and and easy, or I'm hard and ungrateful, uh, or un- ungraceful, you know, you, you got to be both. You have to, you have to acknowledge the personal struggles that people have, because if you're a teacher, or if you're a, uh, a business owner, or if you are a television bank, whatever your job is, you are still going to bring your own, you know, your life outside of that work into your job to some degree. And so, and so, we we have our baggage and and our bosses you can like Bud said, you can do both. You can be graceful and be intent on helping kids and on focusing people on kids and you don't have to choose. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, that's right. No, great points. Great points. Definitely hard to do if you're, you know, coming into an organization uh with like Bud had mentioned the uh, relationship piece. You know, if you don't have those relationships ahead of time. And I remember Dr. Stein or just, you know, reading in this book, you know, talked about he had a very short time to turn around the school as the school was on the watch list from the state and was going to be closed down. And he had to make, you know, cuts uh, financially, staff-wise. And, um, you know, there's definitely a time, you know, for both. Uh, because just like Jeff said, we all, you know, we all come with our baggage sometimes. So, awesome. All great points. All great points, everybody. Well, great call today. Everybody enjoy the rest of their Monday. Uh, remember, this will be our last our last month of the year, so we got EOGs coming up, so we want to make sure that we are cognizant of everybody's time. We'll still keep throwing content out there, just probably not on a live on a live spectrum. Be looking for the webinar. Make sure you share that with your board, and have have a blessed day.